Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, one of the most persecuted groups in the world today are members of the Baha'i faith, and our guest today is one of the local leaders of the Baha'is here in Los Angeles. Randolph Dobb serves on the Regional Baha'i Council for the State of California and is Secretary of the Spiritual Assembly of the Baha'is of Los Angeles. Uh, Randy, thanks for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Thank you. It's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, you know, let's start with our listeners probably are either not aware at all or are only dimly aware of who Baha'is are and what they believe. Um, give us, you know, a quick synopsis, if you will. Yeah, sure. I can give you like a thumbnail sketch of the background of the Baha'i faith. Um, it's a world religion that started in mid-19th century Persia, which is modern-day Iran. And uh, basically, it's a religion that believes that all of the world's faiths come from the same source and essentially teach the same spiritual message. There are differences between faith groups, of course, and we recognize those, but we believe that they are all divine, that they are all valid. And so the, the differences between uh, one church and, uh, a, and the Muslim faith or another church, they're really social teachings that are different, like uh, laws of marriage or burial laws, um, laws of diet. Uh, things like that change from faith group to faith group, depending upon the tradition. But the important things, the virtues, they always stay the same. So things like honesty, trustworthiness, those are virtues, and you can find them in every faith group. And, of course, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that can be found in the sacred writings of every religion. So, you know, the point of our show, of course, is not to uh, engage in theological debate. I'm sure you're aware that Christians uh, believe that religions differ in terms of the issue of, of salvation. But, again, that's not our, our purpose to the debate, but to educate our listening audience. So, uh, worldwide, how large a, um, you know, how many Baha'is are there around the world? Well, there, there's about six million Baha'is all over the world, uh, and they're not really concentrated in large numbers. However, they are very uh, widespread. The faith is very widespread. It's the second most widespread re religion after the Christian faith. And um, although it started, it started in Persia, modern-day Iran, but uh, today there are about 300,000 uh, Baha'is there. The largest concentration of Baha'is in the world is in the state of India. Interesting. And when we met, you were saying that, uh, you know, the Indian people are, are spiritually minded and so have been open yep. to uh, this faith. So Absolutely. That, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just gonna, that's a part of the world that is very spiritual, and uh, Indians uh, in that part of the world are very open to different faiths, and it's very easy for a uh, new religion to get started. And so 
Baha'i faith found uh, fertile ground there, and there's about two million Baha'is in that country. Two million. Well, now, yeah. India is a, a nation of some concern from a religious freedom standpoint, and there have been some uh, prominent cases of, of persecution of Christians there. Is that a country where the Baha'is are suffering some persecution? No, uh, the, the Baha'i faith flourishes in that country, and really, you know, from the viewpoint that uh, we recognize the identity of all of the world's faiths, it's something that uh, allows Baha'is to interact with people of different faith backgrounds very easily. And so interfaith is something that the Baha'i faith is very active in, and, uh, and we enjoy very much meeting with people of different faith backgrounds because we recognize that they are divine also. So where are the countries that um, are especially problematic in terms of the persecution of Baha'is? For Baha'is, it is very difficult to openly practice their faith in most, not all, most Muslim-majority countries. So obviously in Iran, which is uh, predominantly a Shiite Muslim country, uh, it is very difficult, and other countries too, but, uh, you know, modern uh, Muslim-majority countries like Turkey or Azerbaijan, uh, these countries are moving rapidly uh, towards religious tolerance, and we hope that this is uh, a growing phenomenon uh, throughout the Muslim world. But in Iran, it is very difficult. Uh, Baha'i young people cannot attend uh university in that country. They cannot pursue higher education. Uh, their parents are prevented from having a uh, government pension. They cannot work for the government. They cannot recognize their own holy days, and if they are a merchant and they try to close on their holy days, then they're quickly found out uh, by the mullahs who uh, make up a big problem for the Baha'is, and they eventually lose their businesses. Uh, Baha'is that touches on, uh, you know, the, what my follow-up question was going to be. How is it, you know, if a student is applying to university, how is it that anybody knows what religion they are? I mean, certainly here in America, nobody knows or cares what religion you are when you apply to university. That's so true, and it doesn't it just doesn't come up uh, here in the West, but in that country, it does. There are only... Uh, three other religions uh, that are recognized. There's the Christian, the Jewish faith, and the Muslim faith. Uh, but there is no box where you can uh, write in Baha'i. Baha'is are required to uh, tell the truth. And so when they're, when they're asked what faith they are a part of, that is on the form. You have to say Baha'i. And as soon as they do, their form gets lost, or their, uh, their test scores are, are not reported, uh, or their application is lost, so um, it just it just makes it very difficult. And if somehow they do get into a university, if they are found out that they are Baha'is, they are expelled. So as a result, and in pursuit of higher education, uh, the Baha'is themselves form their own university, and uh, it's currently online throughout the world, known as Baha'i Institute for Higher Education, and uh, university professors uh, all over the world are a part of the faculty, and um, and as a result of that, and work done here in the U.S. and other Western countries, they can transfer those credits to Western colleges, so they 
they don't lose out on the magnet just because they uh, they took their course from an underground university that their education isn't recognized. So places like Harvard, they they all recognize these BIHE credits as being valid. So is is that a way? Do they actually get the degree from the online university, or do they somehow transfer and and get credentials from an institution that would be recognized in Iran? It, not in Iran. No, their their course credits are not recognized in Iran at all. But they can transfer them to uh, Western colleges, Western universities, and they are recognized. And it, it works both ways. Either they graduate with a bachelor's or with a master's, uh, they can they can they can transfer those degrees to the West, and so they they don't have to lose out on not being able to apply for jobs that require higher education. Well, so beyond the issue of education, are there other uh, significant problems that Baha'is endure in Iran or in other places? Yeah, in uh, in Iran, Baha'i cemeteries are desecrated, and to this day, they they, they cannot gather in in large numbers to have their religious services. Instead, they gather in people's homes. And then in another part of the world, uh, Yemen. Uh, where the Iranians are backing the, the rebels, uh, it is also very difficult for Baha'is to practice their faith openly, and they have been rounded up off the streets, arrested, and thrown into prison. Simply the Houthis that are uh, so against the Baha'i faith, or the Yemenis themselves. Instead, it is the work of the Iranian government working through their proxies in Yemen, to persecute the Baha'is there, and if possible, they try to deport them from Yemen. Baha'is who are not Iranian by birth, but Yemeni, they try to deport them to Iran, where they will certainly be arrested. So, um, Randy, tell me, so uh, Baha'is are subject to arrest in Yemen. Are there other countries that are actually arresting Baha'is simply because of their, their faith? Not currently, not not currently, and, um, and 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 there are Muslim majority countries that are making great efforts to become more religiously tolerant, like countries like Bahrain and uh, Azerbaijan. Uh, you know, it's, it was difficult in the in the past, but these their current governments are making great strides toward uh, tolerance and freedom. So in, in Iran, I, I gather that the Baha'is don't enjoy any of the benefits taken for granted, as you said, here in, in the West, such as being able to make tax-deductible contributions to, uh, you know, to your congregation or even have a uh, own property and use it for worship. Um, is that uh, also a factor in Iran? That is a problem both in Iran as well as Yemen. Uh, there's one particular case of a uh, Baha'i who was recently sentenced to death, and his name is Hamid Kamal bin Hedara, and he's been in prison for the last eight years, and he recently received a death sentence, and what they do is they target Baha'is who have property, and then they seize their property. Now, Yemen, of course, is a very difficult place. Uh, it's in revolution. Uh, there's uh, disease 
disease rampant cholera throughout the country, the worst case of cholera in decades. And, um, and it's very difficult for the Baha'is. Many of the Baha'is have been arrested simply for, uh, for their religion. And this particular man, Hamid Kamal bin Hidara, has been sentenced to death. And actually, he was a model citizen because Baha'is are required by the religious principle to be obedient to the government of the country where they live. So they actually are model citizens, and there's no reason for the persecution. Well, it sounds a little bit like the blasphemy laws and how they are abused in countries like Pakistan, where people are accused of blaspheming uh, the Prophet Muhammad uh, in order to take their property. And it could just as well be Muslims who are uh, accused as Christians, but typically it's, it's Christians who are accused. And here yeah. you're saying they're arresting Baha'is in order to, to take their property. Right, and you know, of course the, the uh, Baha'i faith came after Muhammad, and in the Quran it says that Muhammad is the heel of the prophets. And Muslims interpreted that, that phrase as meaning that there will be no more prophets. But actually it was Father Abraham that made a covenant with God that humanity would never be left without guidance. And so uh, Muslim clergy often pick on the fact that the Baha'i World Center is in the state of Israel. But Baha'u'llah, the prophet founder of the Baha'i faith, had moved to Palestine before it became Israel. And he died. We're going to have to cut you off there, Randy, because we're out of time. Right. But this has been a wonderful discussion about persecution of Baha'is, uh, and uh, thank you for listening. As we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, www.churchstate, all one word, churchstate.org. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Rynock. Until next week, let freedom ring.